Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey, Life Church, thank you for joining us again. This is week 15 of our series called Wake Up the House. And today I want to continue on with the thought and with the, the idea that we as believers, we should look different than what the world, world looks but what is it that would make us distinct? What, what should make us stand out from the world? And, and we've established it's not our opinions. But what it should be is, it should be the way we live out the promises of God in our lives. That is what, what should make us stand out. That is what should make us um, be in such a position where the world wants to come with a magnifying glass and look at us. Now, a few things regarding the promises of God, real quickly. Number one, promises are the basis for our faith. Without the promises of God, we have no faith. We have nothing to believe in. Number two, promises leads us in the right direction. God's promises in his word will always lead us towards life. Number three, promises demonstrates God's faithfulness. And we see throughout scripture where God made a promise in advance before things would happen. And then after it has happened, people have the opportunity to point to God and said, he said it will be so. It shows us how faithful our God is. And number four, promises um, encourages us during hard times. Promises encourages you and they encourages me as believers. And, And I know during the times that we are living in, I don't think there's one of us that we say we don't need the encouragement of God in our lives. It gives us hope. It gives us the ability to fight against the enemy who uh, in most of our lives or in many of our lives, he's he's brought us to a point of discouragement, but it's God's promises that causes us to be victorious in those moments. The right weapon in the right hand against the enemy gives you victory. And the right weapon is God's promises. So, What a promise will do and what promises will do for you and for me is they will change the way you speak uh, and promises will change your conversation that you have with other people, but they will also change the conversations that you entertain in your thinking. But what you might think and feel for yourself right now as we talk about the promises is you might think, Andreas, I don't know this stuff. Uh, I don't know what to say about God's, like, how do I formulate God's promises? How do I apply that? How do I pray? Uh, and, it, and it feels to me, when I speak on this and as I've been processing, it, it feels like it's almost for many of you, it's like learning a new language. I have to learn a new language. And I don't know about you, but when I sit down And I have to think about God's promises. And I think many of you are the same. Unless you sit down and you dig deep, there are not many promises that you are able to recall just by thinking about it. And I find myself daily challenged with my conversations and my language because my conversations and my language will reveal my trust in God. Listen to yourself. So, I want to learn to speak God's language. 
I want to speak the way he speaks about us and about the world and about our circumstances. It's a desire of mine because I know when I do that, I am applying a principle in God's word. And by applying that principle, I am opening up my life to God's promises. And as I open up my life to God's promises, I become distinct from the world. And you know this, and I know this. It's going to take work for us. Learning a new language takes time, unless it's a matter of life and death. How serious are you about it? Now, my first language that, that I speak, that we speak in a home between Ermine and myself, is Afrikaans. But coming from South Africa, we have 11 official languages, and that's just uh, 10 more that I'm comfortable with. But in school, like you in most of the schools that, that we have in North America, you have the option to choose a secondary language or even a third language. Um, I chose a third language in school, um, and it was Sutu, a South African language called Northern Sutu. I studied Northern Sutu up to university a few years also. But to tell you the truth, um, all the studies that I did and all the classes that I took, I can't speak the language. I know some of the structures. I'd probably be able to teach up to grade three Northern Sutu. But, it's, but I, don't, I don't know the language. I can't speak the language. I know a few phrases. Now, now let me teach you a few phrases that I think you might need as you navigate the streets of Vancouver or wherever you live. So, so number one, now this is gonna take some participation. So as you are at home, what I want you to do is I want you to, to say this after me because I'm teaching you a new language. This is the best way to learn a new language. Okay, the first word, are you ready? The first word is a greeting, it's hello, okay? Dumela, very easy, you can say that. Dumela, to the person next to you, to the left, Dumela, easy, say that, okay. Now, you know a greeting in another studio. Another one, uh, how are you? Ukai, very easy, you can say that also. Ukai, how are you? Um, useful one, in any language, always know, it's good to know how to say thank you, right? Kiali boha, you can say that, it's got a little bit of a to it, but I know you can say this. Kiali boha, there you go. So now you know, hello, you know, how are you? You know, thank you. Um, a real easy one. Yeah, I know that was a little bit harder, but, th but that's the way they would greet when they go away. They would say, it means goodbye, walk well. It's kind of saying goodbye. Um, one I think that is probably one of the most useful ones I can teach you is the following. Um, it is unyakang. Unyakang is, and when you say unyakang, what you say is, um, I want, or unyakang is the question, what do you want? What do you want, unyakang? And then you would answer the question with ki, which means I, nyaka, want, and then you can basically use any word in English and they would understand what you want. So if you are in Africa and you have to navigate with Northern Sutu and you want to buy a coffee, you just say, Kinyaka e-coffee, and they know exactly. You want to buy a coffee. Or Kinyaka e-computer, and they know you want to buy a computer. Or Kinyaka e-chicken, and they know you want to buy chicken. It's very easy, very simple. Now that you know the foundations um, of Northern Sutu, what I find so interesting is that the basic words and foundations and phrases we know in other languages that we don't speak are the basic words and phrases that we know in Christianese also is what we know in the Christian world. Most Christians know how to say, greet God. Hey God, how are you? 
How are you doing? Hey God, thank you for all the blessings in my life. And then the one that we probably use the most is, I want. God, I want. God, I want. God, I want you to do something. God, I want uh, I want you to bless my finances. God, I want a wife. God, I want obedient children. God, I want a house. I want a car. And this is how I see our speaking as it refers to God's promises. We have these few phrases, but there's a whole language that we need to learn so that we are equipped to live out God's promises. We have a few words, but we have to expand that. Because we don't sound different than the world. We should sound different, not weird, but just different because we are relying on God's promises. And, and when our words are filled with, with hope and peace, we're going to sound different than the world because their words are going to be filled with fear and anxiety. And when they are filled with negativity and desperation, we are going to be filled with encouragement and calmness. The difference between just learning it and being desperate for it is significant. And church, we should wake up to the desperation of knowing God's promises. It should be something that we are going after. We shouldn't be clueless regarding what God has said in regards to situations and circumstances in our lives. That is step one. We shouldn't be clueless about it. But step two is we should follow his instructions in his promises. Because it's not just good to know the promise. We have to follow the instruction of it. When you are desperate to learn a new language, something is triggered in you because without knowing it, it's almost like you are going to die and you will not survive. And as a church, I really feel we need to become desperate. Ermery studied in Switzerland when she was 17 years old, 16, turning 17 years old. She was an exchange student in Switzerland in the French, uh, French speaking portion of Switzerland. So, so they, she had to go do school in French. Now she had school in South Africa, she had French in our schools there, but it was a very casual, uh, very useless French, if I can put it that way. Like, again, all they knew was the five phrases I just taught you. So when she showed up in Switzerland, everybody, there was no English. Nobody spoke English. All they spoke was French. So she had to learn to speak the language. And this is what I love about how she did it. She was walking everywhere. I love my wife, she's amazing. Walking everywhere, so bold, so courageous, just taking on the challenge. Not many young people will do this. Go to a foreign country where you can't speak the language and, and you just have to pick it up. So she, she's walking everywhere with a little dictionary and she has a basic phrases that she starts with. And then when she needs something, she would try and find it in English, find the French equivalent word and try and pronunciate it and say it so the people would understand it. And at times they didn't understand her accent. So then she would, ah, she would point Point. And as she made more friends, she would ask them how to do it and how to say it. And, and soon after three months, she said she was forced to do this because she had to write her final exams in French. There's no subtitles in English. She had to write the full exam in French. And after three months, she said it was as if somebody just switched on a light 
And suddenly it became part of her and she started thinking it and it became easier and now she's completely fluent in French, which is amazing. Now there's nothing wrong, I want you to hear me, with the way she did it. And it should be very familiar to us as believers. She had a little dictionary, but you also have a book. A language that's different. That when I don't know what God's promises are regarding a certain situation and circumstance, I will consult my book. And I will find God's answers based on his kingdom for this situation. You have it available to you. We, sh we should just start running through the pages. Do you know how quickly you will find the word for food when you are starving? How desperate are you to find a word in God's language, his way of doing for your situation that you are currently in? Or are you simply going back to the language that you already know? God wants you to learn a new language. And the reason is because we have to be different than the world. We should have different results in our marriages, in the way we raise our children. We should have different results in our health and our relationships with our neighbors, and even with those that calls us enemies. Our results should be different. So for mo many of us, finding the answer has become something of convenience. If I can't find it, well, then I'm not going to, to pursue it. If there's not a program for it, well, then it's not going to happen. And for many of, of us, we are so convenient because we rely on the church to Show us God's answers because I don't want, I don't have time to go look for it. And hey, pastor, you should look for it. And now please hear me. The church, we do play an incredible role in your life. The church is important. If you are not part of a church, join a church. Find a church where you can go and serve. We are surrounded with people around you that when you can't find the right word, you can ask those encouraging you that's behind you to support you to say, you know, what is God's promises? in this situation. They are there to encourage, lift up and build up, but you should serve, you, you should be there. But, but here's the thing that is so important. We are to mature in our wholeness. God says, be holy as I am holy, meaning be whole as I am whole, be holy as I am holy. Now, you have to take that serious at some point. You have to get serious about getting God's promises in your life. And that is the proof that you are taking your maturity serious in regards to your wholeness. Because you cannot mature without God's promises. So it means that you're going to have to seek it out. God wants you to know his plans. But if you don't understand his language, if you don't understand his ways or pursue his ways, you won't know where you are going. Because you, you, you are uninformed regarding his promises for you. Now, I want to do something really practical today. I want this almost to be wholeness 101 class. And for those of you that go to church and normally you just sit, there's no interaction. Well, most Sundays we don't interact also. And, but this week is really a participation thing, not between you and someone else, but between you and God for your relationship. I want to encourage you to do this. Do this daily. Have these words that I'm going to give to you now daily in your mouth because it will start to wake up God's promises in your heart. Okay, are you ready? Um, we, we're going to get things into our speaking, into our conversations, into our language, and into our thinking. 
And I want you to start with something that is very simple and very practical that I think most of you don't even have to write it down. Here we go. I want you to say daily. And if you have the courage, say it now. If you're alone in your home, you can say it now. If you're there as a family, say it together. Say the following. Here we go. I am whole, not broken. I am victorious in Christ Jesus. And today is going to be a great day. I am whole. I'm not broken. I am victorious in Jesus Christ. And today, it's going to be a great day. I know that some of you are thinking now, but Andreas, it's not. It's not going to be a great day. I feel sick. I have pain in my body. I have bills to pay. I have lost my job. My relationships are in a terrible state. Things aren't going well. Today is not going to be a good day. We have to understand the reasons why we are making this declaration. And I hope that you understand this by the end of this message. Because that is what heaven is saying about you and your situations. That is why we are saying it. That is what God is saying about you and your life. Now, will things just change because I said it today? No. Does it mean everything is just going to be perfect in my life suddenly because I made the statement this morning? No. Will there be blue hummingbirds flying in front of me and behind me everywhere I go? Will traffic just open up in front of me? Will my visa bill just be paid? No. But what you are doing is you are busy activating the promises of God in your life. Because without our agreement with the promises, your life cannot change. God will not force his promises on you. You have to decide to walk in it. You have to decide to make it part of your life. When you are saying that today is going to be a great day, I am whole, I am not broken, you are busy changing your perspective on life because you are starting to speak and walk out your trust in God. It's a statement of faith in God's promises. See, see I just think there are so many of us Oh, and this is hard to say, who do not trust God. Therefore, you feel you can't say his promises because you don't trust him. And how do I know that you don't trust him? How do I know that? Well, I just listen to your communication and I listen to your conversations and I listen to your statements about yourself. I listen to what you are saying about your situation and your circumstances. I hear words of hopelessness. I hear words of defeat. I hear words of anxiety and stress and concern. And when those words are there, it simply means that God's word isn't present. It's absent. Now just take a moment and examine yourself. Your thoughts, your words, your conversations about yourself. And this is not to bring guilt or condemnation, but it's for us, like the Bible says, we look into the mirror daily and we have to choose who we want to reflect. Do I want to reflect a world that has no hope? Or am I reflecting Christ who's alive in me? Are your thoughts and your conversations filled with God's promises? So when I say I am whole, what I'm saying is, I am saying what God says about me. 
Choose who you want to agree with. God says, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, meaning I am in right standing with God. And if I'm in right standing with the almighty God, who can be against me? I am whole and I'm not broken. My relationship with him has been restored. He says, I am greatly blessed and I am highly favored. I am deeply loved. And because of that, today is going to be a great day because my God is with me. So when I say I am whole, what I'm saying is I'm saying what God says about you and what God says about me. Choose who you want to believe and choose who you want to agree with. And just that simple start of your day will change your perspective of the things that comes at you every day. God says, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, meaning I'm in right standing with him. My relationship is, is restored. I am with God and my God is with me. I declare that my enemy will not Come against me and I will not fear. I, I will not stumble and I will not fall. I will not be discouraged by his tactics because I am rested in the shadow of the almighty God. That word shadow means actually like if my kids are in danger, what do dads do? We pull our kids under our arms. And this is what God says where we are when we are born. We are in the shadow in his wing. And he says that 10,000 will fall at my right. They might not have fallen yet, but the Bible says they will fall. Important. We don't declare things that aren't so or that haven't been paid for. We don't declare them as if they have been paid for. Everything we are declaring, we are declaring through Jesus and what he has paid for. What he hasn't paid for, we don't declare. He didn't pay for a limousine and for a Rolls Royce and for a house. We don't make that part of our declaration. We declare God's promises regarding his kingdom. Matthew 6, 31, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible says, Therefore, therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? So, so he's saying, Take no thought. Therefore, take no thought about what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink and what you're going to eat. Take no thought of that. And how do you take thought? He gives us the answer by saying it. Take no thought by saying it. And this is, this is probably the key for this whole message is, is what are we taking thought of? What are you mindful of the whole time? Because when you become mindful of it, when you take thought of it, when you meditate on it, you start saying it and speaking it. I read a devotional a while back with my kids. I'll never forget this. And this devotional was about a mom and a daughter that went walking in the bush in Africa. And it's got the, Africa has this beautiful, tall, yellow grass that just grows. It's beautiful. And they were walking with their dog in this path, in this walkway, this trail in the bush that was stepped out. And the mom and the daughter were walking. And she could see that something's bothering her, her girl. And she said to her, what's wrong? What's going on? And the girl said to her, you know what, in school, the kids are mocking me. They're telling lies about me. They're talking behind my back. I feel betrayed. I'm all alone. And then the mom said, said to her, I want you to understand something. And, and this is what I want you to hear also. The mom said to her, do you see this path? See this path that we are walking in right now. 
And the daughter said, yes, I see it. And says, do, do you know why it's a path? Because there has been a lot of traffic back and forth on the same area over and over again. People walking um, that way and back constantly on the same trail. And that is how this trail, this path, that's how it's been formed. And the mom said, do you know um, how you make trails in your mind? Because that is what you're currently doing, is you are setting a path. It's mostly not based on truth. Because if it's from the enemy and it, not, it doesn't speak towards your wholeness and your identity, it's a lie. So most of the paths we are setting in our minds are set on lies. Lies in our thinking that we meditate on over and over again. And then the response to our thinking in setting these paths, they become our speaking over and over again. What you are doing by speaking and thinking it over and over again is you are treading a trail that forms and shapes your identity. And then because your identity is being formed and shaped, your confidence is being shaped. Your anxiety is being shaped. It leads towards fear. It leads towards tremendous anxiety. It leads towards condemnation. It leads towards concern, jealousy, envy, strife. It also leads towards being uh, offended. And now you are, you are tracking back and forth on this trail and it, and it cuts deep and it steals your peace because your thoughts are not based on God's promises but on the lies of the enemy. You start thinking and speaking your brokenness. For all of you listening, there are so many of you that are speaking your brokenness as if it is who you are. No, those are just situations and circumstances. It's not your identity. We have to stop speaking brokenness and start speaking our wholeness. Some of you, your conversation with others and even in your own thoughts is, I am broken, I will never be whole, I will never be able to get through this, I won't be able to beat this, I'm not strong enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not nice enough, I'm not liked enough, and each and every one of those statements are lies. Because you are in Christ Jesus, you are whole. And now it's time to mature in your wholeness. Do not dwell on the old paths anymore. When you find yourself walking that road, make the correction. It's time to look different than the world. It's time to reflect something and someone else. So let's get back to the story. So, so the mom said to the girl, do you know how to fix the trails? You stop walking it. Because what happens when you stop treading out or stop walking on the soil, the trail will close up again. And the lies that you've, tre you've treaded out in your life, they will be covered by the grace of God. And then what happens is when we take thoughts in our minds about God's promises, we are setting about God's trails in our lives. Now, how do you take thoughts? Let's just go back again. By saying it. If you don't want to take them and own them, don't take thought of it. Don't speak them. But if you do, take thought of God's promises and start speaking them over your life and your life will change. So we have to take thought. 
We have to take thought of, instead of saying take, take no thought of, there are also things that we have to take thought of. So take thought of saying, and, and I will get through, through this because um, we, we will get through this next portion because I, I just feel this is so practical for us to get this in our lives daily. I will get through this because God has got my back is something that should be in our mouths daily. It might not look like, like I expected it to look to get through the situation, but I know it's going to happen because I trust God. It's not impossible. It might look different than what I expected, but I know it's possible because of my God. I don't have to live with this. Thank you, God. Right now, it feels like I can't live without it. I might be addicted to it. I might be leaning on it, but I know that I don't have to be addicted to it. I am free from it. And I know, God, that you can lead me towards that freedom and I can mature in it and I can get this out of my life. Thank you, God. I am making a new road, one that people will walk on in the future and their lives will be blessed because of it, because I am reflecting the image of Jesus Christ. So take no thought of things you can change. But then there are things that, that you should take thought of, the things that he died for. We should take thought of that. The things that he has redeemed us from, we should take thought of that. Matthew 6, but seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. What things? Matthew 6, he's going to tell us what things. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? You have little faith. How much more will he clothe you? It's like the new song that we sing, Jaira, where it speaks about if, if he dresses the lilies with beauty and splendor, how much more will he clothe you? If he watches over every sparrow, how much more does he love you? Way more. It should become part of our language. So, so we speak in faith the things that he is into our lives. We speak in faith the things that he has died for. You have the right to be thankful and speak what Jesus has paid for. I am saved by the blood of the lamb. That is a statement that if you are a believer, you've made that statement. And it's a statement based on his promises. Our statements shouldn't end there. Jesus paid for me and for you to be whole. Jesus paid for you to have blessings in your life. You have to write to speak blessings. Jesus paid for you to have redemption, speak redemption. He's paid for you to be righteous, speak righteousness. A few scriptures we're going to finish with. Proverbs 18, 21. It's probably one of the most influential scriptures in my life. It says the following. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit you choose. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or they fruit you choose. You have to choose. Take no thought 
of the things that are not true about you. But take thought of God's promises and then say it. Here are a few things I hope you choose. A few things that I'm going to just share with you that I hope you choose from the Bible. A few things that I hope that you take thought of because it will start changing you. It will start changing your perspective. And, and I just believe that we will make a difference in the world when we start applying this principle to our life. Number one, Romans 10 verses 9 and 10 says, I confess Jesus as my Lord. And because I do that, I have salvation. Salvation becomes my reality. John 8, 36 says, I confess the son has made me free because he has set me free from the chains that used to hold me down and hold me back. I am absolutely free. Are you living it out yet? Maybe you are not living it out yet, but you are starting to confess the promises of God in your life, which means you are opening up for heaven to interfere in your circumstances. Another one, Romans 5, 5, I take thought of, I'm going to take thought of the love of God because it's shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. I possess the ability, I possess the love of God, not only to love Him, but also to love others. Which is, we've been called to that. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, it says, I can't. I take thought of, I think of this. This is something that I do. I think of, He will never leave me nor forsake me. That's a promise you should hold on to. I have the presence of God with me every step I take. Psalm 107 verse 2, I think about this. I am the redeemed of the Lord. I am the redeemed. I am redeemed. I've been bought back by the blood of the Lamb, which means the enemy has no hold on me in any area in my life. I am not bound for the son of man has made me free, John 8, 36. I am not defeated for I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves me, Romans 8, 37. I am not weak for the Lord will give strength unto his people, Psalm 29, 11. I am not without power for you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, Acts 1, verse 8. These are promises that should become part of our lives. It's part of our conversation, part of our speaking. And when we start doing this, we are opening up our lives to look different than a world who has no hope. They have no promises. They have no future. But we do. So let's start applying it. Jesus died for it. And I hope that we don't, we don't waste what he died for. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your instructions in your word. And Father, I know that we have to apply these principles to our lives in order for them to, to become fruit. Father, we want to take thought of your promises and we want to start changing our conversations. I pray for a hunger for every single person listening to this message. A hunger to seek out your promises for, this, for their situations and their circumstances. I pray that you will give them breakthrough because of your promises. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church audio podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the word of God into the lives of more people out there. 
For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.